Okay. Oh, yeah. We're back. Unleash Plus. <laughs> that was that podcast was that was a little long. Was I think it was over fifty minutes. You can tell. I mean, when I get talking about whitetails, you can hear all the, the knowledge and information, how passionate I am. Yeah. But what you're not hearing on here is that when I was telling you guys at the very end of that podcast about pursuing your wife, um, those are lessons learned. In the same way that you learn when you're hunting what to do and what not to do, I'm, I'm 63 years old, okay? And so when I'm talking about pursuing your wife, trust me, there's a lot behind that that I failed at to learn how to be successful. And I still drop the ball sometimes. So this wasn't like, hey, I'm trying to set the bar, you know, for you guys to do this stuff. I was just, I said at the very end, hey, I'm just trying to help a brother out. Um, yeah, it's it's important that we pursue our, our uh, spouse and kids uh, yeah. like we would the outdoors. Well, and, you know, hopefully a lot of the guys are, you know, maybe even including their kids and spouses in this. Oh, and the hunting side? Yeah, taking the kids hunting and stuff. So you talk about, um, you know, psychological addiction, you know, integration, like integration. Hold on. We have a knock at the door. Sorry about that. That's all right. <clears throat> it happens. Yeah. So integration, you know, which would include dragging them along or I say dragging. Hopefully they'd want to go, but. You know, the guy that I was hunting with yesterday, his name is Doug Gert, close friend of mine. He owns a bow shop, one of the best um, shots. And his wife, an incredible shot. She's on the podium all the time and doing all these different, uh, you know, tournaments, bow tournaments. And when we were down hunting, you know, she was calling him and she's like, hey, when are you going to be coming home? And we were going to be coming home like a day later. She's like, well, I was kind of hoping that we could go hunting tonight or, or tomorrow night when, you know, what time are you going to be home? And I, I heard that and I was like, you know what? Let's get out of here a little bit earlier. We were going to because that's time together. I mean, she's in, she's a great hunter. I mean, she's incredible. But integrating, you know, your kids or your family. Like, what about like like kids? My uh, my dad knew, and I've shared this before, but he knew nothing about hunting. Right. You know, he's a business teacher, and it, but it was him taking me out that even through all the mistakes we made, because he would make a lot of mistakes. You know, not being smelled and seen and heard. He'd be screw them all up. I would give anything to have a screwed up hunt because I was with my dad and he made mistakes. Sure. And be willing to learn guys, get your kids away from games, get them off their phones, get them out there You know, make it a rule with you guys that you're not, you're not going to be on your phone. You know, when you're, when you're sitting out there and for a young hunter, you know, maybe get them in a hunting blind, start out that way, teach them, you know, how, how deer move, what they do, how they smell. Uh, I think it's really important that that you um, let them see animals, because if they can see animals and be a part of it, they're gonna want to they're gonna want to keep going out. I mean, did, when you were a kid, did, did you go fishing at all? Yeah, I didn't like it though, because I just get, was bored. Yeah, that, they didn't mind taking me. I I would just go to sleep in the boat. I mean, I didn't throw fits or anything. But no, if you'd have been hammering the fish, would you have felt that way? No, I mean, I, I just generally just don't enjoy it. Like uh, at at our family farm, it's a we have a pond and it's overstocked. I mean, you can you could probably just reach in with your hand and pull a fish out. I, I don't know. I just never I just never could get into it. You know, I I don't care for pan fishing. I know a lot of guys. I I just cussed at them. They're, they're into crappie and bluegill and all that stuff. Perch. When I go fishing, I don't I don't want to fish for something that I can you know pull in thirty of and then stand there in the fish house and skin in them forever. 
I want something big, yeah. like ling cod that are 70 inches long up in Alaska, halibut, you know, weighing up to 300 pounds. That's totally different. I've never done anything like that. That That's an <laughs> adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the other thing is like, yeah, put on a B-Moth. There's another one. There's another one. Yeah, I, I, yeah. That's why when you asked me that one day, you're like, what hunting stuff? You know, people asked me if I was hunting, what was it, squirrels and stuff? I'm like, no. No, yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, no. Right. There's there's really nothing to that. Now, do not trying to offend some of you guys. If you love it, that's great. You keep doing what you what you. But I like stuff that's a real challenge, and it's going to feed me for a while. If you're going to hunt squirrels, uh, that would have been a great job for someone to take in New York. That rat czar they hired for like oh, hundred yeah. grand a year to clean up the rats, like that's nuts. <laughs> Talk about a challenge, but yeah, I yeah. don't know how much he has to worry about. I guess he still has to worry about not being seen. I don't know how that all works. They're taking um, carbon dioxide, I believe, now and just filling up their little burrows and just gassing them out. And they said it's super effective. That's what they're doing now, which interesting. But <clears throat> I can't even imagine having rat problems like that. Ugh. Uh, you know, Chicago's got it too. You know, when you were just talking about that and these burrows and trying to get them out of there, I just, you know, how many of you guys have been praying for this whole thing with you know the Israelis and the Palestinians and Hamas and how you know bad. The bad people. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to, to isolate people that are good people. I'm saying those that are the terrorists um, having to go into these tunnels. Oh, man. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, that was a left turn, Clyde. But it just, I've been praying for them, and I hope you guys are too. Yeah, Israel, that it's, I, I mean, I can't imagine living over there just dealing with, you know, they've been dealing with a rocket fire for oh, forever. forever. I mean, yeah, so. I'm going into the woods. At least here in the lower 48. And what's the thing I have to worry about? Tripping over a log. Yep. You know, every day they're wondering, wondering you know, is is there going to be an attack? Is it going to be a missile? What's going on? Right. Not good, man. You know, and, and I was thinking about this. They were, I saw a guy this morning early. I was up and I was watching the news and they were had a, a, a I think he was a lieutenant colonel or something. And he was talking about recruitment and how we really need um, those to step up in this generation to be a part of this. And I look at everything and I'm thinking, you know, when you have a, a literally a pretty fatherless generation and with a lack of a moral compass right, and all this woke stuff that's been going on and they hate America and all this stuff, I'm like going, who are we going to have to step up? If, if things really do come unglued, how are we going to fill these spots? You know, I think, I mean, those people, they're the loudest, but they're the minority, you know? What I mean, what do you think realistic? Is it 5% of the population? Yeah, I think it's, it's less than that, actually. Yeah. So <clears throat> hopefully, they, you know, maybe they get drafted and turn things yeah. around. But I think other people will step up. and. Yeah, why is it the squeaky wheel always gets the grease? I don't you know. know. You've got under 5%, I know. and yet they make all the rules. Yep. Yeah, and, and again, when I say we are the resistance here to Unleashed, your voice needs to be heard. You can't just sit back and say, well, here's I, how I believe, but I don't, I don't want to cause a, a problem here. No. If you know that what you are believing is based on the Word of God, why would you worry about what anybody else says or does? You don't get your worth and value from them. Amen. They get this all of a sudden. Why would they get the power? They didn't die for you. Exactly. Yeah, well, fathers, I mean, <clears throat> let me say this. Guys, if you're listening to this podcast um, and you've got, Sons or daughters, both. I mean, my, my daughter loves this this podcast, my uh, my 25-year-old. One of her friends reached out to her not too long ago that she had gone to, to high school with. And she goes, hey, I stumbled across, you know, this Unleashed podcast with your dad. She goes, I love it. Yeah. And she sent me a voicemail. 
Um, we're but, breaking. We're breaking all the boundaries. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's a God thing. I can't explain yeah. it. How you know that, that's what's going to end up happening is this is going to we're going to have a bunch of college girls be our fan base, which is fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, know, we're still getting the word out, but you know, hey, whatever works. Well, it's so weird because going into this, you know, the, the ministry that I've been called to has been mostly to men, and it, like in my last two books, um, I had Lisa Bevel. She uh, and endorsed it, and she was a Christian artist. I don't know if you remember her from years ago. Um, but she's like, why is this only marketed to men? She goes, I absolutely love this. I understand my husband better, my boys better. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah, It's that genre they wanted to put the book in. But No, I get it. Well, the whole thing I was trying to say was get your kids listening to these and talk about it. Right. You know, what would it mean to you to put your phone down for an extra hour a day and spend FaceTime? Would you, would you want that? They might not even know they need it. Because they're, they're being so entertained in the dopamine effect, the download they get from all these videos, or they're making videos to try to become popular. Right. And your worth and value will never come from that. And then you're going to find out, I spent all this time, and then when it comes time when someone passes, you're like, man, I didn't really get to know them, and now I can't. Right. Just being real. So, you know, what the data tells us, um, looking at evidence-based programming a really effective way is approaching it from um, what do you want to, what do you, what kind of life do you want for yourself? What do you want to do when you grow up? And you kind of get the wheels turning for themselves. Well, okay, you want to be an attorney or whatever, you know, whatever this is, well, what's going to get in your way? Well, okay. You have a kid in high school. Um, you get arrested for drugs. You don't, you're not making good grades and you turn that back over to them. Okay. Well, these are what can get in your way. You make your own choices. Um, that way, you know, they're it's motivational interviewing. They're motivating themselves. Yeah. Because, it, you know, if it was as easy as uh, don't drink and drive, people wouldn't, well, they said don't drink and drive, so I'm not going to do it. But, you know, saying, well, what's going to get in your way? Well, you get an OWI and you kill someone. Yeah. Wow. You know, so what do you value in your life? Well, I value this house, my wife, my mom and dad, or whatever it is. Okay, you need to focus on those things and choose those things over these other things. And kind of once they're gently made aware of this, it's like, okay, go make your own decisions. If you value these things, you'll protect them. Have have a good day. And I and I think there's a the balance between letting my kids experience their mistakes and let them have to suffer the consequences. Absolutely. Unless it comes down to like you said, like the the DWI was driving and killing somebody because now that consequence, you know, is is they're going to go to jail. That family is going to be with that. They're going to they're going to carry the shame and all this stuff for all these years. There's that fine line between what do I allow them to experience the consequences for make their mistakes, give them just enough you know rope to make the mistake, um, but then one of the things that I go, hey, but this, this is something that we will put our foot down on because it affects so many other people. Well. But, you know, you're not going to be there. They're over at their friend's house, and they're having some drinks. They're making their own decisions. So just planting those seeds of just kind of keep in mind what are some things that could be a roadblock for you. So when they're over there thinking like, you know, man, I want to go to law school. I can't do this. You you want them to – they need to decide that for themselves. And and that's how how it starts. Oh, you want to be on the fire department. Okay. Well, what's going to happen if you get an OWI? You're not going on the city's insurance, I yeah. can tell you that. 
Um, so go do whatever you want to do. The choice is yours, but these are the risks. Yep. And, and, and that's what, sh- that's, that's what the evidence shows us is the most effective. Yeah. It, it's not sitting down and lecturing someone, you know, it's like the scared straight program. It, it's such a huge failure after, <clears throat> I think they said about 96 hours and then they, it's, you know, they're over it. Yep. It's like, well, that's not going to happen to me or. Or whatever, but yeah, when they walk out of that place, they're like, "Oh my God, I'm going to go on the straight and narrow." But <clears throat> that wears off real quick. Well, and, and when kids now don't get the consequences, even when you think about it in our legal system, yeah, I mean, all these ransacking these stores and, and are punching people, and that, I mean, and there's it's out of control. It's out of control. There's there's no consequence, and there's no moral compass within the home, and that's why with Unleashed and what we're trying to do here with being the resistance is, man, live what you believe. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're, you're having to strangle your kid religiously with all these, you know, do's and don'ts, but live it. I, I always say this. If if the sinful life looks like a, a stick with a bunch of bends in it, and the Christian life looks like a straight stick, the straight stick doesn't have to point out to the stick with all the bends in it that that's not the way to live. All you have to do is lay the straight stick down next to the, the what stick with all the bends, and you can see the difference. So in other yeah. words, you live the way you're, you're called to live, and you know to live. Set the example, because... When they get older, they'll remember. Right. No, you're absolutely right. And, it, you know, natural consequences, like you were mentioning earlier, even when they're little, you spill the milk, well, you clean the milk up. Yeah, yeah. You know, just these natural natural consequences. So, okay, is that we're going to wrap it? I think we're good. Okay. We will see you next time, guys. Thanks. See you guys. And girls. <laughs>